Hey, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus. And today, uh, today's Boxing Day. Yeah. And we're going to kick it old school today, like our old videos with a little preamble with the three of us. Mm -hmm. have a little bit of fun together kind of like really when we yeah. say old school we're gonna do this old school so play along in the comments if you are watching online right now with other people make sure that you play around <laughs> your table and so we have a game right now and then we have a game a little bit later to make this just celebratory because yeah. it's boxing yeah, day absolutely okay here we go so we have some christmas carols here okay i'm gonna give you the description of a christmas carol Mm -hmm. You need to come up with the Chris what the Christmas Carol is actually titled. Okay. 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 I'm ready. A muted darkness. The, the silent, silent night. night. Good job. Check Are you listening to the same thing as me? Do you hear what I hear? Nice yep. job. That's it. I witnessed two plus one water vessels. I saw three ships. I saw two a ships sailing. sailing in. Three, three ships. ships. <laughs> Two plus one. Three ships come sailing in. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's it. That was from like the recesses of my memory. <clears throat> oh, sanctified darkness. Oh, holy night. Oh, you holy got night. it. Nice. Of course you would get that one because that's your that's favorite. That's my favorite. I know. Yeah. Us two plus one monarchs. We three kings. Good job. And last one. Seraphim from the kingdoms of magnificence. Angels, angels we have heard from on yeah. high. No, angels from the realm of glory. That one, angels yeah. <laughs> from the realm of glory. Yep. Well, thank you so much for playing along. If you don't have your Bibles, why don't you take a moment and go grab it, and we're going to dive into our message. Well, I'm curious, what was the best thing that you opened this year? If you are a family that does presents, write it down in the comments. I'm so excited to read what your favorite thing was about Christmas. Well, for me, I opened a board game that wasn't just a board game. It also came with a year's worth of family game nights. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Give me something that means my family's together and I am happy. Well, how are you feeling today now that it's Boxing Day and kind of the, the chaos and lead up of Christmas is over? Are you feeling like your heart is full from all of that family time yesterday? Are you feeling a little groggy from eating so much turkey and sweets? over Christmas day, are you feeling overwhelmed with the clutter of empty boxes and wrapping paper? Was this just not quite the Christmas you were hoping for and you're feeling still a little bit of longing? What is it that you're feeling today? I would love to know how you're doing. You know, maybe right now you're kind of in the full swing of Christmas fun still. Um, for our team, we just got down to see family as you're watching this yesterday. And so for our family, the Mitchells, we're actually heading out to a family brunch in just a couple of minutes. And so we are still right in the swing of the holiday season. But maybe your festivities have all wrapped up and now you're just in that post-Christmas slump. Have you felt that? 
that time where you just look around and all of the busyness, all of the anticipation is over and you're just kind of in that funk that comes after Christmas. We've all been there. For me, it typically hits sometime between Boxing Day and Chris, or New Year's Eve and I look around at all of the chaos of our home and I just think, okay, Christmas is now over. I need some white space. I need some order and routine. This all needs to go and I want it all done and down right away so we can have a little breathing room and margin back in our lives in the way that Christmas kind of takes over and eliminates for most of us. Well, whatever you're feeling this morning, whether you're still in that elated, grateful, joyous mood, or if you're feeling maybe a little deflated, you're in good company this morning as we're gonna dive into this narrative as the Christmas story continues and a piece of it that we like to tell in part. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 2 verses 1 to 13. Matthew 2 verses 1 to 13. And if you don't have a Bible and you want another Christmas present, guess what? We would love to give you one from Evangel Church. So head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible. There's a little present from us. So Matthew 2 verses 1 to 13. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. I don't know about you, but <laughs> we tend to stop the Christmas story when we're telling it with our kids far before that part of escaping by the skin of their teeth with just what they could carry on this flight to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod. It isn't quite the warm fuzzy bow on the Christmas story that we typically like to focus on, right? And so this morning, if you're feeling in a bit of a post-Christmas slump, you're in good company. 
the Christmas story ends on a messy note. The Christmas story ends in this odd place. And really, the Christmas story doesn't end at all. So let's dive into this part of the narrative together this morning, kind of flesh this all out. Let's pray. Well, God, thank you so much for the truth of your word and for the account that you give us of, of historically what happened. And we thank you that it points us to you, it points us to truth. So Holy Spirit, this morning, would you make us soft soil, that you would speak through the Bible, through your word. I thank you that you allow us to come to you just as we are and find encouragement and strength for the day. So would you speak, God, and would you allow my words just to float away? We want to hear you in your precious name. Amen. Well, the, the reality is that the arrival of the wise men likely would have happened a bit after the birth of Jesus. We don't know exactly when the star appeared to the Magi out in the east, and we don't know how far they traveled, but we do know that at that period of time, travel would have been time consuming. It would have taken considerable effort. So if we take into account Herod's massacre of the innocents, then we know that it could have been up to two years following the birth of Jesus that these wise men, these magi, appear before Herod and travel to Bethlehem. So there's enough time for Mary and Joseph to settle into the mundane, routine bits of life before everything is shaken to its core. But regardless of whether it was hours or whether it was years, what a moment. Now, last week, I said that the Christmas story is just completely full of these Easter eggs that point to the fact that the Christmas story isn't really over at all. They point to different things that God had promised. They remind us of the past and they point to the purpose of Jesus coming. And this moment is full of so many of those Easter egg moments. It's full of so much symbolism and deeper meaning and incredible nuance. But this is also a heart-wrenching moment. The gifts of the Magi, well, it seems like this incredible, like majestic moment is these, these wise men, these scholars come in with I'm sure their caravan to kneel and worship and present these gifts also reminds us of the continuation of the Christmas story all the way to the cross. And while there was an incredible majestic part of it, there's also a heart-wrenching part of it. I'm sure that the arrival of these men brought up more questions than answers in the heart of Mary and Joseph. So what do we know? Well, we know that these magi, probably astrologers and scholars, have been studying the sky when something incredible happens and a star appears that they can't explain. And so they begin to search for answers. There's a reason why we refer to them as the wise men here today. And we don't know what text they found, but most scholars believe that they had access at the very minimum to the writings of Daniel. But throughout history, the nation of Israel has been conquered and, and different um, 
different nations have occupied them and we had prophets who would rise up and many of these prophets gave prophecies of the coming Messiah. And so it's not a stretch to believe that these wise men had at the very least duplicates of some of the writings of these prophets. But they see something that they can't explain. They begin a search for truth and curiosity sets them on a course to find Jesus. And when they get there, it's this beautiful moment where they immediately recognize who Jesus is. I believe that there was something that their spirits could tell was different there, that God Almighty was residing in that home. And they bow down and they worship this child. Again, we don't know if he is hours or days old or years old, but they immediately recognized him as who he was. And this morning, if you're in that post-Christmas slump, if you're feeling defeated and deflated, and it can be so easy to stay stuck there, I urge you to go on a quest of searching out truth, to go on a journey of looking for Jesus, of kneeling in his presence, of recognizing the one your spirit needs and worshiping him, to give yourself the space and time to be in the presence of God Almighty and allow him to breathe life and peace and strength and joy into our weariness. And in true Christmas fashion, what do they do? They bow down, they worship, and they present their gifts to this boy, to Jesus. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I asked you at the beginning of this message, what was your favorite thing that you opened at Christmas? Now, my kids are grown, they're teenagers now, and it was a very different Christmas to, to gift things to them. Uh, very, very different from when they were babies and toddlers. Now, as I look at this list of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, this doesn't seem like a very well thought out or well planned gift list, right? How many people gave wish lists to their families? I'm sure that an expected parent would not say, you know what I would really like? I would like some gold, I would like some incense, and I would like some burial oils, please, for my baby. Probably not, they would probably want diapers, maybe some clothes, maybe an like intellectually stimulating toy, who knows, but not these gifts. And so why these ones? Well, again, there's this incredible nuance. There's such incredible thought that God orchestrated every component of this story for a specific reason. So let's look into each one and we're going to alternate. We're going to talk about a gift and then I'm going to read for you one of the verses of We Three Kings. And if you have a performer with you right now and they would like to sing along, we'll make sure that the words are up there for them. And maybe you want to take a video and delight all of us later 
up to you, but that would be really fun. Just saying. Okay, so let's go through these three gifts. Well, gold makes sense on the surface. I mean, we give people gift cards, right? That makes sense. Buy what you need. And it was a practical gift. I'm sure as Mary and Joseph left everything that they had built and fled to Egypt, the fact that they had gold with them made a huge difference to set up in this new country. But gold has a deeper meaning and a more honoring and respectful meaning as well. Gold was a gift fit for tribute to a monarch. A gift presented to royalty would be crafted out of gold and the finest of jewels. Gold was a gift meant to honor a king. And we know that Jesus is the king above all kings. This first verse in We Three Kings says, Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Gold was for a king and Jesus will always be that king. Which brings us to frankincense. And frankincense was a pretty commonly used substance. It was an incense that was used throughout history. In fact, it would have been placed in the Holy of Holies as God um, kind of told them this blend of things to use to create the incense that would fill that room where the glory of God would reside before the sacrifice of Jesus. Frankincense was part of that. It was used by the priests and it reminds us of the priests and, and all that they would do and all of the ritual and, and all of the, the circumstances and, and ceremonies that they would walk through in order to allow the nation of Israel to have close proximity and relationship with God. And we are told in the Bible that Jesus came to be our high priest, that he made a way for us to have a relationship with God because of the cross. Frankincense was a perfect gift for a priest. And Jesus is our high priest. The one who would make atonement. The one who would pave a way for us to have relationship with God. Frankincense, to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praises, voices raising, worshiping God on high. Frankincense, the perfect gift for our high priest. And that brings us to myrrh. And like frankincense, myrrh could be mixed with oil and was used in a variety of ways. But one of the most common was that it was was mixed with oil and with other um, perfumed spices and different things so that it could be used on a corpse to disguise the odors of death. And of all of the gifts that the wise men brought, this was probably the worst one to present new parents, am I right? And I'm sure this is the one that would have had Mary and Joseph sitting back to say, what is going on here? But I really believe that all of the Christmas story is so nuanced for a reason. 
and that each person in it was compelled by God to the specific gifts, the specific actions that each took. And this one above all speaks to the purpose of Christmas. Now, a few weeks ago, we looked into John 12 together and there's this moment in verse 27 when Jesus is looking forward to the cross. And verse 27 reads, now my soul is troubled as he looks at what he's about to endure. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. It was for the cross that Jesus was born. The Christmas story doesn't end in Bethlehem. It doesn't end on the flight to Egypt. It doesn't even end at Calvary. Myrrh was a gift that was perfect for one who was born to die. And Jesus was born to be the Lamb of God who by dying would take away the sins of the world so that we could have relationship with God. Myrrh was the perfect gift for the one born to be our atonement. Myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume, breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone cold tomb. Myrrh, perfect gift for the Lamb of God who by dying would take away the sins of the world. Well, the Christmas story didn't end here and it didn't end in Egypt. Like I said, it didn't even end on Calvary and it did not end as Jesus rose from the grave back to life. The Christmas story continues still because Jesus continues to offer us grace and mercy. He continues to be hope to a world that is weary and hurting. He continues to show himself to those who, like the wise men, are searching. He is the hope of Christmas. And the Christmas story will continue until Jesus returns. So this morning, if you are feeling in that post-Christmas slump, you are not alone. In fact, you're in great company right here in this Christmas narrative. But I want to remind you that the Christmas story is far from over. And in Jesus, you have a high priest who understands exactly what you're feeling. He understands when we're weary and worn. But he is also the Lamb of God who paved a way so that you could have a relationship with God, so that you could come near to a perfect and holy God so that you could lay your real and raw feelings out before a God who is our King, who is sovereign, who holds all of the pieces, who can change everything. The God who can lift your head, the God who can fill you with hope and joy and strength, the God who can redeem and restore. The Christmas story is far from over. The Christmas story is yours. If like the wise men, you will search for the one that you need. And I pray that when you find him, 
you'll pause in his presence to allow him to fill you with everything that you need. Can I pray for you? Jesus, I thank you that you are our king. I thank you that you work all things together for good and that you know, you know what's to come. You see all of the interwoven pieces, the things that we can't understand, you do. And so we trust you as our king, we surrender to you. I thank you that you are our high priest who is our atonement. I thank you that you are the one who made a way for us to have relationship with God. And that by dying on the cross, you've allowed us to stand in righteousness and holiness with nothing to fear and nothing to hide before God Almighty. And so this morning, we bring our real to you. We bring our joy and we bring our grief. We bring our hopes and we bring our fears. And I thank you that as we pause in your presence, you fill us with what we need. You comfort, you encourage, and you strengthen and you provide. And so we trust you for you are good and your story is not over. And so ours continues in you. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Are you ready for another game to kind of close off our time together? We have some would you rather questions. We'd love to know what you are playing along with. Like some it. of these are Christmas, some of them are New Year's, so be ready. We're in the in-between. We are. Would you rather relive a past winter holiday again or get to travel to a future winter holiday? You can choose Christmas or New Year's. Would you rather go into the past or into the future? Oh man. I'm going forward. Uh, I'm gonna go back. Times were simpler back then. Okay, <laughs> there was one year where I got an N64, Nintendo 64 for Christmas, and I think it was 2000. So if I could go back to that year, I would. There you go, very specific. Yep. Okay, would you rather be a kid or a grandparent during the holidays? I'm, uh, I'm going oh. forward. I think I would rather be a grandparent. Our kids are getting older. I'm kind of looking forward to that day in the future. I don't know what I would do. I, like, I, I've never been a grandparent before. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have I. Uh, I think I would choose to be a kid. Okay. Yeah, I think or I something go, like I, magical. It's something about being a kid. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Would you rather give up a current family holiday tradition or start a new one? Oh, I would start um, a new one. I, I think that like these past couple of years have like shaken up some of our family traditions okay. in like kind of a fun way. And so why not add another one since we're adding the shakeup? I'm not a traditional sentimental person, so I would lose one. <laughs> of course you would. And I would probably start another one. Okay. Would you rather have seven hours of Christmas shopping or 10 hours of Christmas movies? Shopping. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if it's all night on Black Friday. Sure. 
Would you rather eat only fruitcake for a week or drink only eggnog for a week? Eggnog. I eggnog. love fruitcake, so I am always, always team fruitcake. Never team fruitcake. I'm crazy. Fruit, yeah, fruitcake is a regift or it goes in the bin. You can regift it to me now. Perfect. So I'll take there it. There we go. And you can add coffee to your eggnog, and it's delicious. <laughs> Would you rather lose your voice for the holidays or only be able to speak in Christmas carols? Lose my voice. <laughs> lose my voice. I don't know if I have Christmas carols to like. It, for it to be worth it, you know? Yeah, I'm going with losing my voice too. Would you rather give up a streaming service like Netflix for a year or a social site like Facebook or Instagram for a year? Oh, I'll give uh, up the social. Face, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see ya. Adios. Sorry. Goodbye, social sites. <laughs> All right, dress up for New Year's as the New Year baby or Father Time. What is what is the New Year baby? Is it it's the... <laughs> In, in <laughs> some cultures, they have like father time goes away at New Year's uh -huh. and the New Year baby comes in. Oh, uh, okay. I'll be father. Father time. Christmas? What was it? Father, father time. I'll be father time. Father time. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to dress up as a New Year baby. The whole baby thing. Was Although I was supposed to be a New Year baby. I was supposed to like win the thing. Sometimes I would get in the newspaper and then. And you were very late then? Well, no, somebody beat me out because I had a C-section on January 1st, so. There you go. But your birthday's not January 1st. Well, I was going to be like the first one Oh, in got nope. it. Got it. Okay. And they beat me. <laughs> Would you rather celebrate New Year's Eve in Times Square or on a beach? Times Square. Beach. Beach. Times Square. Too many people in Times yeah. Square. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. Really, real fun. I'm not like a big beach person, so. Oh, well, I love the beach, but one year, that'd be fun. Okay, here we go. This is the question. Would you rather live 2021 all over again or move on to 2022? Let's move, move on, on, please. Let's move on. <laughs> Next. I think we're all ready to say goodbye to 2021. Well, if with, we don't- With low expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> we don't have much that we're hoping for <laughs> in 2022. But if we do not see you before the new year from our entire team, we yes. want to wish you a happy, <laughs> happy new, new year. year. We pray God's blessing and protection over you and your family as you continue to celebrate the rest of this holiday season. See you next year. See ya.